0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Nil Nil Podcast, episode 16. And today we have quite a bit to cover since we missed out on one. <laughs> but apart from that, there's a ton of stuff that we need to go over. Apart from the games that are going that went on over the weekend, we also have to talk about
1: the US Open Cup yeah we're finally getting to a cup competition that hasn't happened in a couple of years honestly so i'm kind of glad to finally have the, the in-between games uh that way you don't have to wait as long for you know another game from your favorite team and it gives you a chance to see all the second division teams that you might not be familiar with normally so um pretty exciting
0: yep. It's pretty crazy when you're reading some of the names and you're like, wait, what? That's a team? Yeah. Or that city has a team? How did I not know
1: this? Yeah, like like California United Strikers. Who knew they existed? <laughs> not me. I definitely did yeah. it.
0: Okay. So we're just going to round up, first of all, uh, the weekend results. Mm-hmm. Um, so Montreal ended up beating Vancouver in that little Canada derby. Yeah, first to-1. Canadian game, yeah. Yeah, Uh, but the majority of the games this weekend were pretty uneventful. Uh, A lot of draws, a lot of scoreless games like Atlanta and Cincinnati, Houston, Mm. Portland, New York Red Bulls, and Dallas. All scoreless games uh, ending in a draw of nil-nil. And uh, we also had Orlando beating Columbus 2-0. Austin 2-0. (laughs) mine 2-0 Austin defeating DC United 3-2 Minnesota winning against Colorado 3-1 and we had uh, Chicago and Galaxy
1: also drawing at nil nil. yes Um, yeah I'd say the only exciting game from those was probably the Austin DC United one however I mean Austin was playing with with a man up for like you know most of the game or most of the second half at least so yeah. So the only thing that would have made it exciting is if
0: uh, DC United would have had some sort of comeback in this okay. game after that red. <laughs> I um, found I found that
1: hilarious, the red.
0: <laughs> what what happened? I, I didn't see it. Oh, uh, I okay, know that there so, was a red. But um, I didn't see what
1: happened with that. So I think I want to say well DC United striker is Ola Kamara, right? And mm-hmm. I believe his grandmother passed away. Or something like that. Like, one of his family members passed away recently. Okay. I don't know if it was from COVID or something else. But um, she passed away. So, he scored his first goal. He was going crazy. Scored a second goal. Um, and, like, of course, he's very emotional when scoring those goals. I don't remember if it was the first or second one. But he ended up taking off his shirt to celebrate. Okay. Um, Next, thing you, know, next thing you know, next thing yeah, next thing you know, he ends up um you, you know one of those weird situations where you have a striker defending. Um okay. like maybe defending from a set piece where everybody's out of position already. Right. Something like that. Like everybody's that. usually back. Yeah, like like a counterattack. Like right. it's whoever's the fastest player to get back to defend. It's not about, you know, what position Kinda you're like in. last man. Yeah, so uh, Ola Kamara ends up being one of the people covering um, one of the the Austin attackers, and um, well, strikers aren't known for defending well, so he ends up just pulling the guy down. Uh, it was enough no. to get him another yellow. Which <laughs> makes it red. Yeah, so he ended up getting sent off for a second yellow. Which, if you score two goals, you should not be taking your shirt off in the first half. This is, I think, that's is just a rule. Yeah, I no, think uh, I think taking the shirt off is only, you know, you should only be doing that in the last minute of a game. Let's say if he's tied a goal in the last he minute. He took his shirt off to like do an homage. Yeah, to... yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I don't do... remember if they had a t-shirt under, but I know like it was part of his celebration was just taking the shirt off. Okay. Well, cuz usually in these kinds of scenarios
0: you have players have a shirt underneath it with something something written. Um but most players that I see nowadays, instead of taking their shirt off, they just lift up yeah. their jersey and show off the shirt
1: that's underneath. That's what
0: he should
1: have done. Um, but uh, people are saying that's a dumb rule anyway. Just like, why are people getting? I agree. I, I to agree. Shirt off, it's really. Uh, from what I heard, is that that rule exists just so people don't waste time putting the shirt back on. But I mean, like, there's plenty of other ways that time gets wasted that they don't give yellows for. So
0: I feel like the celebrations that have that that are going on lasts longer than a shirt being taken off and put back on. Yeah, I know. So
1: it was a it was <laughs> so, a pretty dumb red card. Uh, yeah, that's unfortunate for him. Yeah, uh, but I mean, he should have known better. Still, yeah. considering that everybody knows how the game is and how easily MLS refs give out red cards. But, oh, yeah. I mean, it's like if they're giving out candy. Yeah, so what are you going to do? Austin Able will turn that game around last – not exactly last minute, but, you know, they put on enough pressure to get three unanswered goals against a 10-man team. Um, yeah, Austin, fans, <laughs> Austin fans – Austin fans – I was going to say, Austin fans ended up celebrating that they were top of the table for a whole 12 hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. until LAFC yeah. came around. Yeah.
0: Uh, but based on how Austin has been playing, you can't really sleep on them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, of course, it was against a 10-man team, but still, I would imagine that their game plan still hasn't changed that much. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, a lot of Austin fans would agree with you, but under uh, a normal circumstances, if you give up two goals in the first half, you probably not end up winning the game so i think the red card really put things in their favor um yeah austin it's still a lot of people are saying that austin still needs to play a lot of good teams before people can believe them while austin fans are saying that um everybody's underrating what austin has accomplished so far so i think it's easy to argue one way or the other i think yeah I I tend to go with once you beat good teams, then we can start believing, you know? Yeah. I agree with that. Um,
0: Like you said, it could go either way. I mean, it's still very early in the season. It's only been a couple of games in. You can't really base your whole season off of those couple of games and maybe give it another like three, four games and we'll get a better idea of, what you are but so far i think that you have more of an argument for than against though yeah uh I, I think that they've been pretty consistent in any of the games that they've lost they really haven't at least i can't remember exactly the scores of every other games but i don't think that they've lost it by a huge margin mm-hmm. uh, so they, they've been pretty consistent when it comes to to their games it seems like they've defended enough uh to make the games difficult
1: uh, we'll see but like, just because you don't lose by a lot, I mean, a loss is still a loss. So once they start oh, turning no. one of them into wins, then then we're gonna start believing them as serious contenders. Yeah, I think. No, no,
0: I yeah, I agree with that. But uh, I think for now, at least in, in my book, they've definitely proven that they're a different team from last season. Now okay. let's see if they can keep it up. I, I think that, that's the
1: real question. I think the most interesting um, statistic is that. I think five of the seven playoff teams currently right now were mm-hmm. teams that weren't in the playoffs last season. So that's including mm. LAFC, the Galaxy, right. all the Texas teams were at the bottom of the table, if you remember. Yes, yes So it's such an interesting... They were like right, right behind each other, all three of them, I think. Yeah, so it's a, such an interesting turnaround. I, I think, I don't remember if Minnesota made it last season, Year, or if they were just below the, the line. But I mean, you, you know, Austin is definitely at the bottom. Dallas and Houston definitely at the bottom. So it's just, yeah. it's just interesting how if you just turn last season's table upside down, with, mm-hmm. up, you know, would probably, if you just take San Jose out of it, you, you get it. <laughs> You get yeah, the current so it, season last looks season. Like,
0: yeah. Uh, if we're going just like based on conferences, we had Houston at the bottom, Austin above them, and Dallas in eleventh. So yeah. yeah, all consecutively, but at the bottom. Uh, LAFC being in ninth,
1: and uh, Minnesota was fifth. Yeah, so it's it's real interesting, but. Uh, I think what what's the next game? Or actually, we weren't even talking about another game. Minnesota, Colorado. <laughs> really, I mean, yeah. um, the only thing I think there's something I want to talk about in that game was that um, what was it Saint Clair uh, was in goal for that one, and he he looked pretty good in that game. Uh, so. I remember he
0: was pretty amazing in the last game. No, not the last game. Like the game against the Red right? Bulls.
1: Yeah, yeah, he, he was, was really good in that blocking one. Yeah. It almost everything that was coming their way in this one i think he made four saves in like 30 minutes and right after like those crucial saves minnesota went on to score the leading goals so Mm -hmm. it seems like he's having a huge influence on that team and i I don't know if tyler miller is ever gonna end up taking that spot back
0: isn't that what i told you is like hey tyler miller now that you're off good luck getting your job back yeah but I mean, See, this is the same thing as like a quarterback getting injured. If the backup quarterback just does a way better job than you, you can kiss your position to get goodbye since there's only one.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's looking good. He makes great saves. He's good at closing down a space in front of, you know, opposing strikers. He's and, really athletic, jumping yeah, for the ball. He's also vocal. So I think he's got, like, all the good traits of a good goalkeeper. And he's already starting to get call-ups for Canada. So it looks mm-hmm. like there's only one way, and that's up for uh, for St. Clair. So um, we'll still be it'll, it'll still be seen whether they choose to put Tyler Miller back in there. Because, you know, there's a whole thing, like, the only reason he got this chance is because Tyler Miller got injured. Right. So we'll they respect his position when he comes back to put him back in, or are they just going to go with whoever thinks the best, you know? Yeah. That'd be tough. Uh, because
0: uh, as the number one goalkeeper, you obviously want to come back and have your spot available. Um But maybe what they'll do is have one of them for league games and the other one for cup games. Yeah. Could be. I mean, that's what usually everybody does. Yeah. And as over the course of the season, like if, Let's say Tyler gets to stay in the league games and he starts having bad performances in, or maybe certain plays that St. Clair tends to save or actually do well in. You know, That's where the comparisons are going to start and maybe they'll start considering to put St. Clair as the main goalkeeper over Tyler. Yeah. We'll see. I mean... Good for him, though. He got his shot and he's making the best out of it.
1: Yeah. You love scenes stories like that. All right, Danny. So move oh, yeah. on to the first real games you want to talk about. Okay, so uh, the other games that
0: we mentioned, at least in my opinion, there wasn't much going on in them based on so many uh, scoreless ones. Uh, but there were a couple that were kind of notable um, to me. Uh, one of the first ones that was notable was New England, uh, who finally broke their winless streak by
1: beating Charlotte. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like if if you compare, if we were said that last season, it would, you know, I don't think anybody would believe that New England was on a winless winless streak. But yeah, um, against and then just having to win against a new team. Yeah. So, uh, I did watch the highlights for this. I didn't. I do not mm-hmm. remember that much. So talk to me about well, this. How to go from
0: what I remember, I didn't see it as a complete domination, the way that scoreline seems like it would have been. I know it's just a one goal difference, but still two goals to one says I'm doing pretty well. Like I can create the chances and I'm back on track, yeah. but it just wasn't as convincing for me. Uh, it's going to be good for them having not won in such a long time, but uh, I don't know. Here's the thing. The first goal, it was good. It was a center ball. It was headed in goal. Clean play. So that one's valid. But the second one was just pure luck. It was a cl- attempted clearance from Charlotte that just ended up ricocheting off of a New England play- player. And it just went in. Yeah. So if if it wasn't for that, if that would have just ended in a clearance, I think this game would have ended in a draw.
1: Yeah, I mean, still considering that they struggle with Charlotte who we know hasn't been that good defensively. <laughs> like they they've gotten better in attack, but their defense still isn't 100% the best. Um, it shows that New England hasn't got their swagger from last season back cuz <laughs> the only one yeah. I remember we talked about this the only one that seems to be actually good at, you know, yeah. creating something yeah creating something or getting the ball going or you know creating chances for people to score is heel and everybody else seems to just um, just pass the ball around so if anybody's close to scoring it would have been heel so yeah i mean they did get their win but i want i would say it's going to be a while before new england is convincing again right
0: yeah like they'd have to kind of ignore their performance and just accept a win Mm. for their own ego boost Uh, but if they go back and watch tapes and see their performance I still wouldn't be happy it's not convincing because Charlotte I believe towards in the second half they ended up pressing a lot more having quite a bit of chances which one of them they did convert into a goal Uh, so I think this easily could have if that lucky goal didn't go in Mm-hmm. I think this could have either turned into staying it as a draw, or even Charlotte actually overturning it into a win for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but
1: luckily for New England, they did end up getting that win. Yeah, least. I think this is just one of those games where Charlotte, uh, Charlotte, couldn't get it uh, their offensive line going. Uh, no. it was really close i like i said i don't remember this game but i also definitely watched the first half (laughs) (laughs) um and from what i remember the first half is like they they were good at getting the ball up the field but um it was just one of those where they couldn't seem to get their final pass through and Mm -hmm. um, New England was doing a pretty good job of cleaning up any mistakes and stuff like that so just seemed like one of those games for charlotte yeah
0: and like you said the only one at least that i saw that looked like was trying to get something to happen was uh, Carlos Hill. Yeah. uh, but good for them. Hopefully, this massages their ego and their confidence and makes them believe that they are the same team
1: from last season. I mean, we'll uh, see. Because, because it, they, uh, I mean, they we'll, haven't had a good result since Sapuma's loss, right? So
0: <laughs> exactly that's what I'm saying. Like, even though this is just a win. Not a very meaningful one, but at least meaningful in the sense of, okay, we aren't losing or tying anymore since that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, to me, they still have a lot to prove. Yeah. Uh,
1: sounds good. All right, let's move on to the next game.
0: All right, uh, the next game that caught my eye was Philadelphia versus Toronto. Uh, these are two teams that I think had something to prove. One had to prove that they can continue to be undefeated while the other one having had a couple of wins already under their belt. Uh, Bob
1: was going for a third win. I believe this is a third win, right? Yeah. I believe they had a two win streak before this, yeah. and this would have been the third one against a really tough opponent. Uh, Philadelphia had the best record in the league before this mm-hmm. match started, considering that LAFC had lost the last game against the galaxy. So, uh, Philadelphia, this is the best opportunity for Philadelphia to show that they were the best in the league. Uh, however, that ended up coming short, right? So,
0: Yeah, unfortunately for Philadelphia, they are no longer the final unbeaten team, uh, losing to Toronto 2-1. to one.
1: Yeah, and from what I've seen of the highlights of this game, it seemed like uh, Philadelphia had most of the possession. And they're trying to create a lot of chances going forward, but it's more like Toronto didn't really have an issue with giving the ball to Philadelphia. It's more like they were waiting on the counter, or seeing when mm-hmm. any space opened up and taking advantage of those situations, especially with the first goal that uh, Toronto yeah. scored, at, which was uh, oh, I said that was a really beautiful. beautiful goal. Yeah, that was
0: a beautiful. I loved. I watched that highlight. I don't know how many times, but it was so nice the way
1: it was laid off. I think you'd have to give more credit to Osorio than to, um, uh, was it the name Jimenez for scoring that Oh, yeah, goal. no, of course.
0: Yeah, because he was completely surrounded while he was dribbling inside the box. He, If you look at it, he did not have that much space and
1: he was just moving that thing around like it was mm. part of his shoe. Yeah, I know. So um, it was pretty beautiful the way you got it past two players. Um, not to take away from the finish by Jimenez, who still curled it into the far post, but still. Oh, uh, yeah. It was a really good goal. <laughs> um, yeah, and the second goal to me it was just as
0: impressive too yeah, yeah you had Pozuelo dribbling also in the box and then surrounded i believe by four Philly players mm-hmm. and still getting the shot off in time and hitting the back of the net
1: yeah um yeah it's, it's it uh good performance from toronto like it looks like they're finally starting to pick up on you know Mm -hmm. bob bradley's uh philosophy on how he likes his teams to play i mean this is their third win of the season against top of the table so i think at this point it's not about well we don't have to say i wonder if they're figuring it out yet or if it was luckily lucky i mean they got a win streak going so we know for sure that bob bradley's coaching is taking some effect into this team right
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely starting to click for them. Um, Although for me, in this game, one of the things that was very, uh, not consistent, but it, it, it was happening a little too much, in my opinion, was Philadelphia's defense was just ball staring most of the time. Ball watching. When, <laughs> ball yeah, staring. They're, they're, Ball staring, <laughs> ball watching, whatever. Same thing. Uh, they were just ball watching most of the time whenever uh, a Toronto player was coming at them and they weren't putting any pressure. And at, at the right. same time, when they did get the ball back, when they were trying to clear out or play out from the back, they were making really, really silly, simple passes and mm-hmm. turning it turn, turning them over so they weren't even hitting their target when they were starting from the back yeah
1: I mean you if there's one area of the field where you need to be consistent to not lose a game it'd have to be you know the defense the defending. Right? so if you guys can not even make simple passes especially if you're missing passes as a defender Mm-hmm. That's just asking for counterattacks, right? So,
0: <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, and that's kind of how you ended up getting this result here. Yeah. Um, apart from that, Philadelphia was attacking. Um, they had 15 shots with five of those being on target, and they only ended up converting one of those. So apart from their defense, I think they also need to start working on their offense as well in order to Score those chances when they appear.
1: Yeah. I know right here uh, you have it that says that, uh, which I do remember seeing, is that one of the goals were disallowed at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, I could have sworn that wasn't the only one. I, I, I think I. Re- wasn't there another one? No, actually, uh, you know what no. I'm thinking? I think I'm thinking of a Chicago Galaxy game because I think two goals were disallowed in that one. I <laughs> oh, really not. Yeah, I think I, I, I didn't check confused. that one. Uh, but I do, I do remember no, no. seeing the highlights for this one of Bono. I mean, to be fair, there was like four Philadelphia players offside in front of them, so I don't there, think that's, there were. I don't think that's like you know a crazy call to make.
0: No, no, it wasn't. Um, but you know, unfortunately for them, it they just did end up finding the back of the net one of those times, but it was disallowed because of that player that was offside. And he was obstructing Bono's vision. Yeah. And I think that, that was the correct call. So there, there's really no argument there. Uh, on the other hand, another call that maybe could have changed the game completely was that in the 19th minute, you had uh, Nelson coming in hard with a high leg, studs exposed, and catching one of Philly's players, uh, Wagner to be exact, in the shin. Mm-hmm. And he only ended up getting a yellow out of that. But to me, if you look at that replay, it seems more like a red card kind of call. I, I feel like we've had other games already that yeah. has ended in a red card result.
1: Yeah. That's the whole thing about MLS. I think that's the most, uh, one of the biggest problems with MLS that a lot of the fans have is that the referee. Uh, the refereeing in in the sport seems to be really inconsistent across all the games. Um, so like it's could have been a red card. Um, Mm -hmm. another referee would say it was a yellow. the the whole thing that's annoying is that you want either every single referee to give it as a red or every single referee to give as a yellow. And it doesn't seem to happen in every single game. Now I, I don't recall this incident or I never saw it. So I don't know. Was it like, uh, excessive force or you think it should have been a red just because the studs were on the leg
0: it just seemed uh, from what i remember watching it um he came in quite hard the leg was not just straight out but it was also kind of high like slightly below knee level yeah and the studs were completely out and he did catch the player yeah. like with 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 that so based on those things and based on the calls that they've given before for the exact same kind of play, this should have resulted in a red card.
1: Hmm. Well, I guess, you know, it's just one of those matches where Toronto got lucky. Um, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. exactly
0: why that's exactly why for me, at least, I can't give the full credit to Toronto. Like if we're if we're ignoring that call completely, then yes, Toronto won perfectly fine. But If we put that call into play, that could have changed. That would have definitely changed this whole game around. Toronto would have had to sit back more. Uh, Philadelphia would have been able to attack more and not have so much defensively.
1: I would say, on the other hand, the other argument you can make is that in a game of eleven versus eleven, Toronto ended up Mm -hmm. winning, right? So, yeah, even if they did get lucky with that call in terms of how the teams played it seemed like well toronto put their chances away right so right yeah no no exactly that's why i'm saying like if we're
0: ignoring that call completely just exactly how it ended up happening in the sense yeah.
1: um then toronto won it but this hey, is, this is why in. yeah i mean this is why regardless of like those controversial calls that happened in the game um you should be as good good enough as a team to not have to rely on things like that in order to beat somebody which is oh, it's it's uh if anything we should know because that's the main reason LAC lost against the Galaxy that they rely too much on goals that were depending on the referee's decisions instead of just you know right. scoring enough of those chances that we created that were pretty clear cut so oh of course it. no 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 you're absolutely right okay anything left to say on
0: this game No, just uh, it's starting to look like Toronto are finding their identity and their style of playing and finally getting some results out of it.
1: Uh, Good for them, yeah. Uh, Toronto should be one of the best teams um, in their conference. So Uh, good to see them finally getting their form back. Especially after
0: uh, they get their special player coming in. In the summer. Oh, I even forgot that he's coming in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if they're starting to find themselves now, now add that last piece of the puzzle in there, and you're going to get a very dominant team. Yeah. Okay. So the last game that I have uh, is less for the game itself and more because of something that surrounds it. But San Jose ended up tying. Two to two against Nashville over the weekend. So, with that tie, they remain being the only winless mm-hmm. club in
1: the season. Yeah. Um, we kind of expected that, especially with the Mela situation going on. Um, mm-hmm. That probably explains a lot of how their form is. Uh, the only thing, uh, I want to say there's like three things that I found pretty notable about this match. None mm-hmm. of it having to do with, mostly with how the game was played. It's more like number one, uh really good free kick by Bobacy. <laughs> that was that was great. I thought it was a really nice nice goal. One of the goals of the week. Um yeah. second, I think Nashville's been surprising at how not good defensively they've been. Um, considering how they were last yeah. season. It just a- seems and that's Oh, I'm just saying, it just seems like they can't keep a clean sheet in the Western Conference for some reason. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was
0: thinking too as I keep seeing these results because the only phrase that keeps
1: going on in my mind is you saying how great defensively they are. Yeah, and that's what they were known for last season. That They were one of the hardest teams to score against, but I mean, they're giving up two goals against San Jose who have no wins. So that's, a, that's definitely a game they should have had a clean sheet in
0: yeah but then again san jose has been they're the powering wild card food. yeah <laughs> they are they, the wild cards like kind of like montreal at least for me where you're not sure if you're going to get a good team that's going to end up having a, a kind of a comeback moment or if you're going to get a terrible team that's just going to let like five goals in and in this case it was another of the same of having to come back from behind and scrape out a point and it was pretty much Iboti just putting the team on his back and scoring that brace. Yeah.
1: Um, last thing I would say about this game is that it was Almeida's final match because it was officially announced. Um, I don't know if it was this morning or last night. Either way, uh, both the club and Almeida announced that uh, this was his final game in charge, and that he was leaving the club.
0: Yeah. This was announced yesterday uh, that he was that they were parting ways, um i don't know uh, it's said that they're both kind of at fall both the club ownership and almeida because they just couldn't see eye to eye uh obviously he wanted to get more investments to get more players but at the same time his best performance with san jose was when he inherited the team and didn't actually get any of the players that he wanted
1: yeah, and the players that he did bring in failed to perform. Players like Fierro didn't really do much. Alanis didn't really do much, especially... Yeah, I mean, he scored some crazy goals, especially, I think, one was a free kick, a sick free kick. Yeah. Um, but besides that, they didn't really provide anything to the team. Chofis started mm-hmm. to provide a little bit, but, I mean, he hasn't been as consistent, just like how he was at Chivas. Um, like, he yeah. wasn't consistent there either at scoring goals regularly. So, um, even the guys that he did bring in did, didn't seem to perform there the guys that he asked for he didn't seem like he could get the best out of them um mm-hmm. and a lot of people from what i've seen are saying that this should have happened like a year or two ago like he should yeah. not have been allowed to stay that long mostly because i mean before almeida came in san jose were known as a pretty bad team in terms of defending or attacking they're usually one of the bottom table teams in the western conference uh, after right. he took over and now that he's left you can't say that they've actually gotten better if anything they've stayed the same so that they <laughs> well, i mean they really gave him the benefit of the doubt they gave him like almost four years in charge but <laughs> yeah uh,
0: you you would have expected some sort of result yeah uh, like, no, coming like i know like in later rather than coming in so early because if his tactics and his way of seeing the game and playing the game was actually better for the team we would have seen results now we would have seen results last year but no when they ended up seeing results it was like i mentioned when he inherited the team when he didn't have any choice in what players he was gonna have for his starting lineups and that really goes to show you
1: know that the players that were
0: at hand were better than the ones that
1: he ended up choosing yeah, and um, the only thing I can say positive about his time in San Jose was that he made matches interesting. Whether that's you know giving up three goals and scoring four, a bunch of situations like that. Like his team always ended yeah. up at the end of crazy games. I mean, he already had a couple interesting games this season. The three-three tie against Columbus coming to mind. Yeah, where they scored <laughs> in the last minute. Um, there's a bunch of matches like that under Almeida, but eventually, I mean. Ultimately, it didn't really lead to anything. I don't think he ever got the team into the playoffs. So no, it doesn't. It does make the
0: games exciting, but that is his style of play. It's attack, attack, attack. Like throw all the wood to the fire and try to hope that you end up outscoring the other team. And so that was reflected a lot in this game too, where a yeah. lot of the 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 reason that the reason that they ended up getting scored on and how Mukhtar, who was pretty much playing off his mind in this game, mm-hmm. uh, was able to go through is because he was having everybody go forward and they were pretty thin at the back when it when it came to a counterattack. And Mukhtar just kept coming and coming and coming and eventually he ended up getting his brace. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: think about that one where he just ran through the defense, like exactly. never afraid to put a tackle in. Um, I think I saw something from, or I heard something from the Extra Time Radio podcast where they're like, the only reason that's not one of the Goal of the Week contenders is because they did it against San Jose. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, any other game where you would run like most of the field and get through four defenders, you would have been nominated for Goal of the oh, Week. Or it, since it's San Jose, you kind of expected that to happen. So Oh, yeah. When but, I yeah.
0: saw these goals happen, I was really entertained. It, it was amazing. Um, But like you said, because it's San Jose, because it's known that, their defense is weak it's not that amazing it's more like it's expected that you're gonna end up running through that defense yeah
1: so uh, i think that's all we have to say on almeida i mean um in terms of him leaving he was flirting with the idea for a while i think in an interview i want to say a month ago or a month or two ago he mm-hmm. said that oh i could cancel my contract at any time you know i have I have chances. People out there want me. So, if you're yeah, a coach you that wanted want to that, stay, can... yeah, you shouldn't have mm. been saying stuff like that. Especially, it just seems kind of disrespectful to say things like. That. Oh, of course. Like, um, if that is really how you feel, and I'm
0: club ownership. Okay, is that is that what you're saying? Fine. Then this is the end of your contract. Go find those teams that are really asking for you.
1: Yeah, uh, that's why I think he should have left a while ago. But um, yeah. his his tenure was fun. I'll say that. Um, in terms of replacements, uh, I haven't seen them name a strong candidate to replace them. I did hear that they do have an uh, interim coach from, um, mm-hmm. I want to say, their, uh, their reserve one team, their, yeah. their, their MLS Next Pro team, which is, uh, I think, San Jose Earthquakes 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one of the assistant coaches, uh, the interim assistant coaches is Wando, actually. So he's going to be involved in the managerial side of things. Although I've also heard that he's not really looking to be a manager. He's more focused on the scouting part of, you know, the team. But um, I think, I mean, with a guy like him, it's still a a good experience to have uh, in your coaching staff. So hey, what if he ends up finding out that he's actually good at it? Yeah, who knows? So we'll we'll see how their form changes now that they have – you know, new people in charge of the team. I know Oh, I could answer that right away with tonight's game. They ended up winning five nil. Yeah, I know. And (laughs) from what I remember, it's, uh, Almeida would play players out of position, especially just to fit his system. So I really hate that kind of like tactics from a coach. Yeah. So
0: just play players where they're good, unless they're actually good in another position. And they have that ability, like it's part of their resume that they're actually good in another position too. Yeah. Then they can be flexible. But if they've never played it, you're not going to put your goalkeeper as a striker if he's never been a striker before.
1: Yeah, or you shouldn't be putting a center back as a left back like he did because that's not they're not built the same. <laughs> no, and the mentality not the same either. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, they got their five. Was it five one win? win? Uh, I thought it was five 0 no. Double check, sure. double check, double check. It was 5 0. No, yeah, you're right. 5 0 no win against Base Cities because we record these on Tuesdays. So, um, yeah.
0: So tonight there were a lot of U.S. Open games, and we'll talk about those later. So, yeah, the first um, game
1: post Almeida starts off in a win so yeah i think yeah. the san jose fans have something to get excited about at least you know we'll see some changes it's not like you can get anywhere so you're already at the bottom of the table so yeah and it
0: was it was about time i think everybody knew that this is where this was heading like you said two years ago yeah. um but it, it was time that the tactics weren't working and you were getting the same kind of game every single time coming from the behind and trying to scrape out a point because most likely you weren't going to get the win yeah.
1: All hey, right. Those, were some uh, those are our quick reviews. <laughs> quick reviews. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Quick reviews. No, those were some notable games that, even though the game itself didn't seem exciting, mm-hmm. there were a couple of like notes uh, why they were kind of meaningful. Uh, the ones that really did stand out, and I think they were pretty obvious if you look at the score sheets and the results, uh, first of all, was NYC beating
1: uh rsl six oh yeah. this was definitely one of the biggest surprises of the weekend for me considering that i probably i mean i picked rsl to win this game and like they got destroyed kind of uh,
0: both were under the impression that rsl was gonna win this game yeah. based on new york's form
1: yeah um but yeah and uh for those of you who still have tati castellanos as part of your fantasy team this must have been a good game for you because he scored four goals <laughs> yeah i think i gave up on him after like the third game yeah (laughs) um however i mean he had two pks and a deflection like that's where that's where the you know that's three out of four goals there so i'd say he got pretty lucky but uh yeah but yeah the pks uh, definitely so i guess forgot that they shouldn't be fouling players in their own box Uh, (laughs) no there were very silly fouls yeah
0: you know like they're bad choices they could have done everything but but they ended up choosing to do that one but from what i ended up seeing new york showed up they played their game and they got the result that they were looking for with 22 shots and 12 on target you would imagine that that would result in a winning game and
1: out of those 12 they scored six i know so Finally, I mean, out of seven games, finally, I mean, it took them seven games to finally start playing like how NYCFC played last season, right? Right, yeah. Um, who knows if it's permanent? Because, you know, the league is crazy. They could be... Uh, NYCFC could win 6-0 this week and next week, and they could be losing like 4-0, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: and I, here's the thing. I feel like uh, New York is in the
1: same boat as New England. Yeah, so they... Them, New England and Seattle have been holding hands this whole season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, walking behind every other club. Yeah, they're, uh, they're just like, let's all agree to be trash, please.
0: <laughs> exactly. Like, we all did great last season. This season, let's give everybody else a head start. Yeah, let's mix and it up. The, only, yeah. the, the thing with New York that keeps bouncing around in my head is the phrase that you told me, that they're known to start slow. Uh-huh. And no, Seattle. I've this been, is Seattle. This is Wait, was it Seattle or was it New York? Oh,
1: Seattle. Seattle's not to start I'm pretty sure you New York also. No, 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 Seattle.
0: Uh, okay, well, then I've been bouncing around the wrong phrase in my mind. But still, I've always seen New York performing pretty decently, not this bad. And with this result, it's definitely going to motivate them to hopefully do better in their next game. But like you said, two pens and a deflection. So it's not exactly the most convincing uh, game, but mm-hmm. if you end up looking back at how the result ended up coming out, yeah, you're going to be happy with that.
1: Yeah, I think considering it was such a big goal fest, I think there isn't much to say. Uh, no. Arsenal ended up taking 11 players on the field, but the defense was forgotten at home, I guess, so <laughs> that's all I'm exactly. going to say about that, I think. You know, and
0: that's, that quickly sums up this whole game, yeah. New York was just having an open net the whole time.
1: Yeah, I think it's just one of those games that as soon as like three or four go in, the defense just gives up and let's in another two. Like, I think that's, that's all it is.
0: Yeah, I didn't really didn't see any chance for RSL to make some sort of comeback or any signs of life, really. Yeah, so. But, yeah. So, that was a good game if you yeah. liked
1: seeing goals that were from a one-sided match. Yeah. Let's move on. I mean, from one unpredictable game to another, right?
0: From one to another. And Uh, this one, um, speaking of another team that's holding hands at the back, Seattle and Miami.
1: You got Miami against top of the power rankings Seattle. Oh,
0: yeah. Top of the
1: power rankings because, you know, they're the best in the league right now. Let's just say the official MLS power rankings are an absolute joke. Do not listen to them whatsoever. I used to pay attention to them, but after this weekend – uh, I started tuning them out of my head. I don't think they matter whatsoever.
0: <laughs> it, it makes absolutely no sense. There are too many factors that are going against Seattle even being in the top 10.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're Let alone being They're first. 11. They're 11. <laughs> exactly. So, but they, they got listed as first. If you don't know what we're talking about, the official MLS Power Rankings listed Seattle. Philadelphia ended up losing last week. They were first place in the Power Rankings. Seattle ends up losing this week. And they get moved to first place because they're in the final of the CCL per what the actual people that made the list said. Which, what does that CCL have to do with the league? I have no idea. It's an impressive, yeah, sure, whatever. But, like, why are you putting that in the power rankings? They've been garbage. <laughs> and here's the thing. The four MLS
0: teams that have been battling for this spot are the same teams that have been having terrible performances this season.
1: Yeah. Montreal.
0: Seattle, New England, and NYCFC.
1: Yeah, like, I'm okay with LAFC not being first on the list, but, you know, if LAFC is not first, then you should still have Philadelphia there, you know?
0: Yeah. If they would have come out, if the power rankings would have said Philadelphia first, LA second, yeah, I'm fine with that.
1: Yeah, but having Seattle there, I mean, that's an absolute joke.
0: I think Philadelphia wasn't even in the top three. I think Galaxy was moved up to third, right?
1: Uh, Philadelphia was moved down to third. So they oh, okay. LFC went up to second. Seattle uh I mean Philadelphia went down to third. Uh, I forget yeah. who was fourth, but um yeah, so yeah, I don't now. get what's going on. I don't think they seem to know what's going on over there, so let's just not pay attention no. to them. Uh stick with the ESPN power ring. <laughs> Honestly, I think
0: I, I think that the the reasoning that they want to give is the ccl but mm-hmm. the truth behind it all is that they just wanted the interaction yeah they just wanted to you know rub people the wrong way and get some people asking why i was looking at uh what some of the other commenters were saying and even seattle fans had no idea why they were in first
1: yeah especially after this game right <laughs>
0: Yeah, especially after this game, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, it's their B team." I know, but, I'm but i was just sure like, "What? I'll roll down somewhere
1: in there." It doesn't matter what your team looks like. A loss is a loss in terms of the power <laughs> rankings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Playing your I B mean, teams isn't going to stop
0: you from going down. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: tell that to a Liverpool or to a Man City. Oh, yeah. So you know, they're having to play in week in week out, week out midweek. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Uh, okay, Miami I against Man United—that's
1: easy. <laughs> I'm, I'm just talking in Man, general. Man United please. makes everybody look good. Of course, but
0: yeah. at least currently,
1: they're the Cincinnati of the Premier League right now. Oh, wait, yeah, I, I can't mean, make that joke anymore. <laughs> no, no,
0: he's doing well. They ended up getting a draw really? this time. They didn't lose. They're the New England of the. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, they're <laughs> the New England. Um, so Miami ended up beating Seattle one 0 and this was a shocker to me because I think that if you look at this matchup, you can confidently and even probably put money on this and say, you know what, Seattle's gonna come over this and it's gonna
1: they're gonna win. Mm-hmm.
0: But no. You ended up getting Miami pulling another win out of nowhere.
1: Yep, and that's uh two wins in a row now. They're on it. They have a streak going. Which is odd. Two wins in a row. And although um, I don't believe Gianna got the
0: assist. I believe that was Yedlin. Uh, yeah. But he was part of that play that resulted in uh, Robinson scoring. In that Could goal. be a
1: hockey assist, which counts in the MLS, which is the pass to the pass. You know? Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but he was involved.
0: But he was nah. involved.
1: One person that was not involved. <laughs> was EYU. not. Yeah. Pigwain. Yep. Yeah. who's <laughs> <He laughs> Was, he was um, out eating a Snickers. No. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so this raises a lot of questions. Uh, for one, is this the lineup that they should be having? Is Igwein the problem? Uh, w- does he come back into the team?
1: Do they just keep him out? Like I mean, what do we? If I was Phil Neville, considering <laughs> how bad you've been at your job for, like, the last year and a half or two years, right, mm-hmm. um, I would just stick to what works. And for right now, not having to go in in the team is what works. The only way to yeah. bring him back in is to sub him in and maybe he scores, like, you know, a goal or two. That would be like, okay, so it was just me switching up the system and it has nothing to do with going, But at this point, right. I would not put going anywhere near the starting 11, considering that you have a two game win streak and knowing how bad Miami's been, like, you got to do whatever you can to get those wins in.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I was saying this last time a bit, you know, more on the optimistic end, but with kind of a wishful way. Where oh, hopefully this is the beginning, you know, of them turning things around and doing much better now that they've kind of found a formation and a lineup that actually gives results. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I did not think that they were going to do it this quickly and against Seattle because from watching the game, it wasn't an easy game. Seattle were pretty much attacking them all the time, but uh, I want to say that was more pressure. There was more pressure in the second half of one-sided from seattle then in the first half in the first half it was a very back and forth game so they were pulling their weight in this game so they, they were not being pushed around by seattle
1: yeah i want to say the main takeaway from this game or the main headline that people can prove from this game is yedlin um being involved in the play for the winner uh, giving this just yeah. for the winner, considering the last time he was in MLS was for Seattle, and that's where he made the jump to Newcastle, was for his hometown team, Seattle. So <laughs> I don't think, even think, I don't remember seeing him celebrate the goal either, but like, I think that only I applies don't. if you're, <laughs> I think that only if applies you if you it? score the goal. Yeah. I think if you're assisting, you should be able to celebrate as much as you want, but right. Yeah, um, that's the main thing I'm going to take away from this game. I mean, Seattle played the B team, according to their fans. So Your B team, know. A team, whatever team. It's your team. I mean, they think they your B up. team should be able to beat Miami. <laughs>
0: like, you can put whatever letter you want on your team. The job is the same. Oh, the only it's letter we're not. putting
1: here is an L, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's the, the only the, letter. L, that they, this is the L team. This is the
0: right L team. Right. There you go. No, um, for me, my takeaway is that Miami, whatever you're doing now, keep doing it because it's giving you results and you're getting results not against an easy team. Mm -hmm. A team that most likely can end up running you over really quick, uh, especially with a team like Miami who has had terrible form since the start of the season. Um, But, you know, good for them. Mm-hmm. And let's see if they can do it again this coming weekend. For Wait. Sure. Speaking of do they play um, their US Open Cup game today or did they do they play that tomorrow? Who? Miami? They Miami. played
1: today and they won against Miami FC. One oh,
0: night. so they have now proven that they are. The real
1: Miami. I know. I was about to say, like, oh, Miami Derby. And um, apparently, I think Miami FC actually has more fans than Inter Miami. Right. Really? No way. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I think all the Miami FC fans were like, yo, we were already here. Why did they not just promote us? But Beckham's like, no, it's my team now. You know? <laughs>
0: yeah. And his team was, has been just trying to kill itself this yeah. whole time. Yeah. Um, no, but, uh, Good on Miami for turning things around against a really tough opponent, and Iguain. Uh, <laughs> I think you have a lot of ans- uh, answers to give to the questions that have been brought from your absence.
1: Yeah. So. So. I think that covers. I mean, that game. It's not like it was, you know, a lot of action. <laughs> no, no, not a lot of action. But
0: uh, I think that, that was a very surprising game and for more reasons than one yeah um now finally to our main game because we are fans of this team lafc come out with a win against sporting kansas city three to one
1: yeah just give us give us Give us the league already. Give us the cup, you know, just put the, put the little star on the shirt. You think (laughs) they're going to give us a
0: cup if they won't even give us the power rankings anymore?
1: Well, it's uh, it's because they were too biased. They used to give us all the power rankings,
0: (laughs) but now there's a new kid in town and
1: that's Seattle. Yeah. Or the old kid came back. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's true. The old kid came back and pushed the new kid on the floor. Um, Um, all right. What are your thoughts on this? Let's get into the nitty gritty, I guess. Um, LAFC, given, I mean, I think the scoreline reflects how we should have performed against Sporting Kansas City. In my view, I would have liked to have a clean sheet, but whatever. We should have scored three goals against a team that's struggling to win. So I'm happy. Especially
0: one without really any weapons at its disposal. We did see a quick glimpse of Pulido in the stands, uh, which, if you were in the the team, this definitely could have been. A much more difficult game and we would have seen a different result maybe
1: yeah exactly but uh, just didn't seem like kansas city really had anything going forward uh i, I want to say they just spent most of the half defending they did get <laughs> down the wings a couple of times but i didn't really see anything in the center that would really cause us any trouble i mean sure they did get a goal but that was also a deflection right so right. it wasn't like they put anything crazy together. Um, LAFC did end up creating a lot of chances, but I think we're still struggling with the whole uh, covering those chances into goals. Yes, we did score three in a game, but with the amount of chances we were creating, we should have been five, five to one, easily. Uh, yeah. I think I would just go straight into the first half analysis. So, sure. let's jump um, in. I think that the first 20 minutes of this game. We started them off how we're supposed to start the first 20 minutes of every game. Now, Mm -hmm. we've said that we've started slow every game so far. Right. It seems like the players are asleep and they're not finding any rhythm to the game. But this one, it seemed like we had a rhythm down already. Um, I think that might have a lot to do with actually Chicho starting the game. But Mm -hmm. uh, either way, we finally were able I mean, we're pressing... Um, we're getting the ball back. We're turning them over. We were turning it over, or we were turning the ball over from them, right? Like we were getting back possession. Uh, we're getting down the wings. We're getting in behind their defensive line. We're getting balls into the box. The only thing we just couldn't do was putting it in the back of the net. And I think that's a really disappointing thing. Is mm-hmm. having all that pressure and having all that creativity and having all that possession of the ball and not being able to do a thing with it, despite you know, being so well attacking wise. Um, right. And the other thing I'm going to say is that even though we are so good, we still conceded first. And it seems like that's becoming a trend that mm-hmm. we have to concede first in order for us to not only equalize, but to just like get the rhythm going in the game and like convert our chances. So that's something I definitely want to see change. Like I would like to see a game where we just score the first goal in the first 20 minutes and we keep that pressure throughout the match. But um, right. I was disappointed in that we just didn't convert any of that into chances. We didn't convert any of those chances and we still ended up conceding the first goal, although we did end up equalizing for the half halfway mark, right?
0: Yeah, we, con- we ended up uh, equalizing six minutes after their uh, initial goal. And for me, I agree with everything that you've pretty much said. Um, although for me, I still thought that they started a little too slow um they did start faster they did have a bit more of an urge to want to score uh but seeing that we ended up getting scored on first doesn't show that they're taking advantage of the chances that they're creating and i think that's one of my biggest frustrations with them is that as much as they show some good play and you know some some ability to create chances The most frustrating part is that they can't finish them. And honestly, that's what's going to make the difference when it comes to winning or losing a game. If you're not putting them into the back of the net, there's going to be a high chance that you're going to end up getting scored on. And that's going to be the thing that you're going to look back on. Oh, I should have scored that. Or, oh, they should have scored that from our point of view. Another thing is that we're still making really, really dumb mistakes when it comes to defense. Uh, murillo who we were very happy to see play on a different level in the first game has kind of slowly been regressing back to who he was last season and i would say
1: i would say he got unlucky with the yellow card though
0: yeah well he he still ended up getting a yellow card very very soon i think he was playing a bit too aggressively
1: in my opinion I think. Um, the, I mean, I think the person that's got to start watching himself is Fall. Though. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, and then that, that's where I was heading next, where with Fall also getting a car, a yellow card, very early. And here's the thing: it's nothing new for defenders to get yellow cards. In fact, that's prob that's part of their just, you know their job is to at least end up getting with a yellow card at some point when you're, um, defending,
1: right? Yeah, because it just shows that you're being rough with uh... Opposing strikers or like tagging players. But I think that that where the
0: issue comes is when you get that yellow card. Mm -hmm. If you're getting it at the eighth minute and the 25th minute, that's way too early. It's way too early to be giving this much of an opportunity to the the opponent where they can take advantage of your yellow card and make you do uh, something that'll end up in. That yellow card turning into a red.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say with Fall, like, we love his confidence. We love how much high energy he has, how, how, like, persistent he is. But I think that confidence, you know, is a double edged sword where he's really good going forward. He's really good on corners. He's really good when he has to defend. And, like, he's very proud in terms of that. Mm -hmm. But it also seems like he also thinks that he's immune to criticism when it comes to you know doing silly things like getting a dumb yellow or like he'll get a yellow and then later on he'll still go to argue with the ref which is creating an extra risk to get another yellow you know things like that or fighting with players even though he's already on the yellow yellow like that so he thinks he's probably immune to getting a red card it seems
0: yeah and he's and he's definitely not he needs to get that through his head that Mm -hmm. just because he's liked by the fans doesn't mean that he is not able to be criticized and just because you're criticized doesn't mean that you've lost the support yeah you know it, it just means that we're seeing things from our perspective that you can improve on to make you a better player yeah and there's nobody who wants to see you succeed more than the fans themselves. Yeah. And and I think one of the things that he really needs to let go of is the whole arguing with the ref.
1: Yeah, cuz it's not it's not really going to get you anywhere.
0: No. It, it really isn't. It once the ref has made his decision, he's going to stick to it unless VAR tells him otherwise, especially if the if the play You know, warrants some sort of VAR review.
1: But in this case, it wasn't that. Yeah. So that's the only (laughs) thing. We just want to see them mature a little bit. Right.
0: Yeah. And uh, I ended up recently coming across a clip uh, from the Serie A um, where Bologna ended up getting uh, two red cards um in the same game against juventus and one of those red cards once against was against uh, Gary Medel. And uh and i don't know if you can yeah. i don't know if you came across this or saw it at all i but...
1: heard that there's a controversial call in that game that ended up helping juventus get a tie that's what i heard i didn't know what yeah. it was though
0: um it could have been this one here but it was that The ref gave a red card to uh, a player by the name of Somauro. I believe that's... (laughs) I might be saying that completely wrong, but uh, Somauro. He got a red card at the 84th minute, and then uh, it was confirmed, I believe, by VAR. I didn't see anything before like what was being judged in that segment, but the reason that Medel got a red card was he was arguing with the ref. He went up to the ref. He was completely angry and furious. You could see it if you watch the clip. And he was pretty much just shouting at the uh, at the ref in his face. He got a yellow for that. He went back to the ref and continued to yell at him. The ref easily just pulled out the red, and here you go, yeah. goodbye. Yeah. And that's the, and that's the thing that I always get nervous about when it comes to fall. When he gets a yellow or when he does a foul it's I'm, i don't remember if uh the galaxy game he had a foul where it was just going to be a regular foul but because he went to argue he ended up turning it into yellow i don't know if it was that game but that's the thing if you go up to argue you're go- if it was just a regular foul foul you're going to end up getting a yellow by arguing yeah. and if you already have a yellow you can most likely end up getting that turned into a second yellow for a fully red. And for Fall, being so young, being so carried away by the passionate emotions of the play, he has a high probability of this happening to him. And I don't want to see that happening to him because he is a really great player in that position. He's both great in defense and attack. And I think this is something that he needs to watch out for.
1: Yeah. That said, I think, I mean, it could be just one of those situations where I mean, he might just have to get the red card to learn his lesson. <laughs> that, could, yeah, that could be it. It could too. be. I'd rather it not be that. But, you know, if he doesn't learn, mm-hmm. you know, MLS refs are highly likely to give a red <laughs> at some point. So it's probably going to He's gonna eventually going to get one. Yeah,
0: I, I'm not even doubting that. He's going to get one. I know
1: that. Yeah. Um, in terms of... Uh, of, of him going forward, yeah, he's good. I mean, he got the assist for the first goal. What I do mm-hmm. like about him is just how creative he is in a run on that box when the centers do come into the, come into the box. Because um, not every person that goes up for the header would have thought to header it across the goal for somebody else to assist it. A lot of people just would have went straight to goal even though they couldn't get any power behind it. But, right. I mean, Fall has the mentality to... Like the IQ to still think about like, hey, I'm already up here. I'm winning mm-hmm. this ball. Let's see if I can find a teammate at the other post to slot it in. So I'd say I do like Fall. I think it'd be interesting to see him like in um in a defensive mid position. Yeah. Considering how good he is going forward. Yeah,
0: and honestly, that's what sets him apart. That's what makes him such a special player, that he has the ability to see these opportunities and Like you said, not just try and go for goal, but see if he can assist if he's not in the right position.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm still happy with Fall. A lot of learning to do from him, but I'm just going to attribute that to age. I think he's still like Mm -hmm. 19 only, so uh, there's plenty, plenty of room left for him to learn. Um, in terms of the second half, so Chicho ended up getting the goal. think he should start more because he, he's got like two goals in two games, right? I told uh,
0: you, I feel like when he's on the field, there's a different kind of presence yeah. involved in the team. Like yeah. Everybody seems a bit more confident just because he's on there and the way yeah. he plays. And
1: I like the creativity that he brings to the game uh, when he's on yeah. the field. Um, so yeah, he ended up getting his second goal of the season. Um, second in two games. Uh, all right, second half. Uh, I think we just picked up where we left off. I mean, Chirindolo, we've learned that he's like a master tactician when it comes to halftime. Like, he's really good at giving those halftime speeches or making the changes that he needs to make. So right. uh, I think we kept up the pressure. We were still good. We were struggling a little bit um, in terms of, like, the same thing that I said before, converting <laughs> chances. I uh, ended mm-hmm. up subbing in uh, to Juri Shradi. And but, um, what I do like it about Tajiri Shradi, I mean, he had an absolute sitter that he missed against the Galaxy. Oh. But then he comes out and he does this where he just scores <laughs> the world uh, of a goal and just hits it on the volley. Um, great pass from uh, Chiqui Palacios, but uh, right. yeah, yeah, he gets the ball, hits it on the volley, he just catches the goalkeeper out of position, goes into the top top left corner. Um and that's that's two one and I, you could see the Sporting Kansas City players almost deflate because they're just like we were defending so well and then just like a goal like that goes in you know
0: and you know what they really were they they did change something at least in the beginning of that uh, second half where they were kind of constricting a little bit of uh, LAFC but this ball just went over everybody else and forget whatever they were doing to improve their game. It didn't matter because that one shot that he took, it was amazing. Just ended up ending whatever hopes that they had.
1: Yeah. So that ended up putting us two one, uh, to Jewish mm-hmm. with another banger. Um, and then for the third goal, Sifu who ended up getting subbed in, I, I mm-hmm. think it was for blessing. A hundred percent sure. Uh, yes. But, Sifu came in for blessing. Uh, yeah, he ended up running through the box. Uh, he had a couple of moments before that goal where it looked like he wanted to take a shot, but he was a little bit shy and ended up passing it instead. This one, mm-hmm. he finally, you know, no defenders were ended up pushing him. So okay. he just kept is like, all right, let's see how far I can go. And then right when he got to the edge of the box, uh, he turned on the pace a little bit and ended up toe poking it into the far corner. Um, mm-hmm. and I think he used the defenders as, like, coverage so that the goal, he didn't really know which way to uh, – or couldn't really react to it in time. So, um, right. Sifu finally gets his goals. Uh, I know last season, although it was a poor season, he was one of our top scorers, um, and he was pretty consistent in getting the goals. So, um, as long as we're spreading out how we're scoring the goals, it's going to be mm-hmm. really tough for teams to defend against us because you can get goals from anybody on a front line, but right. – I think we still need to start providing more goals from midfield in order to complete our offensive power and see is yeah. a big part of that. He We know he's good at scoring goals. It just seems like he didn't take enough of those chances for the first couple of games so far this season. So I'm glad to see him amongst the goals, but um, I definitely want to see more from him in terms of that.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I believe some of the reports, at least while we were watching the game, they were saying that he was questionable when it came to if he was going to be part of this game yeah they um, said he,
1: did, he said that, that he didn't even know he was going to be in it he thought he wasn't going to play right because of what had happened uh against galaxy where he i believe
0: ended up getting some sort of knock uh, so it, he wasn't feeling 100 percent. he had some sort and, of
1: knee injury and uh, i know the uh, the commentators were saying that that's probably why he looked a little bit shy to take some of those long distance shots. Cause they require a lot of power. And I, th- I think that's exactly probably what happened there. Yeah.
0: And if we go back to see some of his long range goals, we are very aware that his kind of shooting is kind of like full power, yeah. you know, just blasting it in there. Mm-hmm. So I understand why he might have been hesitant. Although prior to knowing that, um, when I saw him moving back to defend, I almost thought that he was kind of not playing well by letting a ball pass or not going for a challenge. But, uh, after learning that he was kind of being a little bit reserved when it came to how he was playing, uh, it made more sense that, you know, he wasn't going to go for a tackle or, uh, something more aggressive if he wasn't feeling a hundred percent, uh, but aside from that one little thing that I, that I ended up seeing in the game, I think he played pretty well and it shows with him ended up ending up getting on
1: the score sheet. Yeah. Um, but overall I'd say I'm pretty happy with the game. I think this is one of those games where it plays out exactly how you want it to, um, yeah, and like there wasn't anything like this is exactly what I wanted to see from my team, and this is what we got. So I'm 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 still happy with it. I have a little bit of complaints. Like for one, I don't think Acosta has done much since he's gotten here, and I would like no. to see him be more involved, take more shots I think, at I least. Think
0: he had like one good play in the whole game, yeah.
1: Right? yeah, and the other thing I would say is that Chiki Palacios needs to step up his defensive game ASAP because sure he's going, he's good going forward, but on that goal that uh, we conceded he probably mm-hmm. i mean he slipped which was unfortunate but then he he decided to go make up for that by tracking back himself and he ended up getting just absolutely destroyed by johnny russell like three times in a row yeah <laughs> uh, right after that happened plus you know he ended up causing the no own goal
0: yeah and i find that he's been i don't know uh, i hope that i'm not making this up in my mind but i've seen him like overturn turn over the ball
1: quite yeah. a few times. I just think the worst thing is that he doesn't defend that well. Just in general, like he gets passed pretty easily.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they kind of like hold for a second and they mm. just kick the ball forward and just run around him.
1: Yeah. So, uh,
0: another thing, I don't know if it's just me or if you see the same thing, but, uh, the game and Vela, uh, For me, I don't really see his presence that much in games as we used to.
1: Uh, I don't think so either, but I'm okay with that. Because the less of an impact he has, that means the more that everybody else has an impact. And it doesn't seem like one of those... It seems like LFC is shying away from passing him the ball and having him do everything. It's more like they're trying to spread out you know the responsibility um and like sure he we haven't been able to get him to dangerous positions Mm -hmm. what i'm hoping is that come summertime uh when we bring in a dp uh hopefully dp midfielder they're gonna be able you know yeah yeah hashtag (laughs) isco um that um that he's gonna be able to offload some of that creative pressure from Vela. And right. that midfielder can be the main source of, you know, our attack and helps get Vela in those dangerous spots where maybe he can, you know if you notice that ever since Vela came into the league, he had that one standout season and a lot of defenders, you know, end up marking him like two V one, three V one at this point. Yeah. So you have not been seeing a lot of his like left footed curlers that much recently. So I think we need to have no. more creative players to be able to pull Uh, People away away from Vela to be able to get him in those positions for him to you know do those magical plays, but uh, I'm not Mm -hmm. too mad at Vela not being that involved. I think he'll be there when we need him.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the only thing. I'm not saying that I'm expecting Vela to do everything. That's definitely not what I'm saying. I think you
1: expect like three or four dangerous chances from Vela, like a game, right? Something like that,
0: right? With with the caliber that his name carries, of The kind of skill set he holds, you would expect, you know, some really notable plays. Even if they don't result in goals, Mm -hmm. you're expecting at least some sort of like, oh my God, he did this and this, and, you know, remember him in the game. Mm. I have a hard time remembering him in this game. Yeah. You know, and like, I'm pretty sure that I've mentioned it last time that uh, we were talking about it when he got subbed off. I like that we're moving in a way where it's not depending on one player because if you're just depending on one player, you're setting yourself up to fail and I like that we're, like you said, we're spreading out the goals, we're getting everybody involved and having that mentality of you don't just need him, right? But Mm. at the same time, I want him to do what we all know he's capable of doing including himself i know that he's probably frustrated that he's not performing like he used to
1: yeah um so that's all i would say i think um maybe i should spread a couple of rumors for you right sure. so um we've already talked well let me start off so there's a rumor that came out today you know, mm-hmm. we all know the contract situation with Vela. There's a rumor that apparently it's a done deal and he's going to be re signed as a designated player. That um, should be <laughs> happening any, any any day now that they'll make that announcement. Okay. So we'll have Vela for at least like another year. I don't know how many years they're going to add, but at, we'll at least have him for, you know, until next at season least. for sure. Yeah. So right. uh, I'm happy with that, uh, especially having such an important player like him just leave in the middle of the season does not sit right with me. Uh, right so i'm happy with that uh but um i mean we expected something to be resolved from that so i think we all are happy having them right there
0: hey if that's resolved this quick yeah. and they announce it that's a lot faster than that's a <laughs> one
1: yeah um uh, in other news we've had a couple of rumors regarding our you know, DP or extra DP slot. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a rumor coming from Turkey that LaFC was interested in Mesut Ozil, but you know, I see some people saying that's true, some people saying that it's not. I don't know how strong that rumor is. Mm-hmm. I think it would be an interesting get for LaFC. I'm not 100 percent sure how useful he is at this stage of his career, though. I
0: feel like it would be kind of an Iguain situation, yeah. where unless you build the team around him it's not going to work
1: with especially how high intensity we like to play. I don't know how much running Ozil's going to do.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't think he's been that kind of player. Yeah. I mean, he did have that one amazing season in Arsenal,
1: but he was really good at Real Madrid as well, but, uh, he's 33. So,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, seems of, ancient. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, sports wise, he seems ancient with everything he's done.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, the other rumor that's been going around is Isco that's the heaviest one that's being linked to laFC. I would rather have Isco because he's younger. he's 29.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he's younger. Um, and I feel like he he reminds me of a like Vela a bit yeah. you know in this style of playing like he's creative, he goes forward, he's threatening um, he can play solo, he can play with the team. So, I think that out of the two, Isco would be, at least in my opinion, the more logical choice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Especially if you want to beef up that midfield.
1: Yeah, but I, that's the two biggest rumors revolving around LFC right now. So, that's, uh, that's pretty much it, though. There's, there isn't much else.
0: Yeah, that's not too bad. I mean, we do have that one slot open since uh, offloading Drossi to uh, Fenerbahce. Yeah. So, we've got choices to play
1: with, yep. hopefully. And th- and I still don't think we've reached our full potential with the team we have currently. So, I think it's really exciting for us fans of LFC. What's to come? Yeah. Uh, Should we move on to the U.S. Open Cup for once? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, let's move on to the U.S. Open Cup. There were some games that were played today as we uh, are recording no. this no, let,
1: me, on- let me let me let me list off the the results real quick so Cincinnati play, ended up playing against Pittsburgh uh, they ended up winning two nil um, I mean MLS teams should be winning these games so um, Flower City which I, I didn't know was a team <laughs> flower City okay where is Flower City from that's what I'm trying to find out I think it might say on their badge but um, flower city ended up playing against dc united but uh dc ended up winning 3-0 uh uh-huh. far city union i've never heard of this team before uh they're from rochester new york oh wow i could have sworn i could have sworn
0: yeah no you're right they're from rochester At least according to what I'm looking at here. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Flower City. Okay. Oh, so it's Flower because it City. used to
1: be. Um, it's because Rochester Rhiners, Rhinos used to be the, the team that was there. Uh, wow. But uh, I think they went on hiatus. So Flower City ended up taking their spot.
0: So Flower City bloomed in their absence. Yeah. Okay, so Flower City losing to DC United 3-0. Who is next? Well, we already talked about the Miami Derby, and that was a 1-0 win for Inter-Miami. And surprisingly, Um, they did it with 10
1: men. Sorry, I was wondering what happened to the Rochester Reiners. That's what I was trying to figure out. Uh, it's because oh. um, that name sounded familiar, and I was like, I could have sworn Jamie Vardy was the, one of the owners for Rochester Rhinos, and uh, they, uh he he is one of the owners. Oh really? So he's the co-owner of the franchise, but the Rochester Rhinos rebranded to Rochester New York FC. Oh. Um, and they're going to be part of the MLS next pro league, which is like the unofficial, official second division, but it's mostly for like youth players or stuff like that.
0: Mm, okay, okay,
1: but yeah, so interesting. And... That, that's a quick little bit of news. <laughs> that's all.
0: <laughs> okay, so who do we have
1: next? Uh, so you're saying, uh, the Miami Derby Miami ended up winning, uh, Inter Miami ended up winning 1 0 against Miami FC, um, mm-hmm. Detroit. Played against Columbus. Uh, Columbus are the biggest losers in this window because uh, Detroit ended up winning <laughs> two to one. <laughs> um, yeah. Chicago, the next biggest losers in the window, ended up uh, they tied two to two against Omaha, uh, but Omaha ended up winning five four on penalties. Um, FC Dallas played against Tulsa, uh, where FC Dallas won two to one. Houston <laughs> played against uh, Rio Grande. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, the Toros, right? Uh, they ended up winning 2-1. to one. Mm-hmm. LA Galaxy played against... I mean, <coughs> Carson ended up playing against San Diego. Uh, the ex, Or Len Donovan's current team. Uh, LA Galaxy... I mean, Carson! <laughs> uh, Galaxy ended up winning 1-0. And San Jose mm-hmm. played against Bay Cities, where they won 5-0. Uh, the remaining matches... So, speaking of Rochester... <laughs> New York, so Rochester mm-hmm. New York FC is playing against FC Motown. Interesting name.
0: <laughs> FC Motown.
1: I could have thought Motown was in Detroit. <laughs> oh, they're from they're from uh, New Jersey, from FC Morristown. Or I mean, they're from Morristown. So I guess that's what Motown means. Mm-hmm. But they're in New Jersey, so it's like a New York. Little New York, New Jersey derby there. So mm-hmm. um, so you have your Rochester against Motown. We have no idea how the teams are doing. <laughs> yeah. so, I'm not going to give a prediction on how, that.
0: Okay, how about we just highlight the ones with the MLS teams on them?
1: Okay, so Charlotte is playing against Greenville. Okay. Um, that's at 4 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, Pacific time of course uh, Red Bulls are playing against Hartford uh, that's Connecticut right uh, <laughs> right 4pm as well Minnesota's playing against Madison at 4pm Orlando's playing against Tampa Bay Rowdies interesting um, that's at 4pm Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta's playing against Chattanooga so wherever that team's from it's just fun to say Chattanooga <laughs> <laughs> They're
0: from Chattanooga. Yeah, uh, We got Austin playing San Antonio.
1: Oh, man. You skipped against, oh, I was about to say Louisville versus St. Louis City too. But uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, San Antonio, Austin. But I've been to both cities. They're right next to each other. It's 40 minutes of like, the difference between oh, two cities. Oh, we're having another derby
0: here. Yes. The Texas
1: derby. Yeah, the Yeehaw derby. The Yeehaw derby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ralph uh, Salt Lake against Northern Colorado as opposed to normal Colorado. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then you have LAFC against Orange County uh, SC. Wait, isn't that uh, Galaxy? No? No, Galaxy isn't in Orange County. It's in Carson. It's in Carson.
0: Thanks for reminding me. Uh, Obviously, we're going to assume that all of the MLS teams should be winning these, but we will point out in the next time uh, if there's any surprising results just like there were today yeah. so yeah those are the US Open Cups Uh, for now I think we can't really elaborate on these since we don't know much about their opponents but I think as the tournament Uh, goes on and we get more of an idea of who is moving forward We'll have a better idea of that.
1: By the time the second match comes around, we'll do our homework and look at all the highlights and give our predictions based off of that. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) All right. Um, That's all I got to say. Anything anything else we should cover?
0: Uh, No, other than uh, in the Premier League, we've got a very tight race. Uh, Liverpool beating Manchester United today. As um,
1: expected. Yeah, now, now,
0: Well, it's not necessarily expected. Um, I expected Man- it. Yeah, I'm a Man United football? fan. <laughs> okay, fine. I expected it, but i just trying to give them benefit of the doubt. Um,
1: just give the doubt. There's no benefit here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not from what I saw. Uh, but yeah, Liverpool going on top, at least for today. Um, while we wait to see if Man City will win against Brighton which I believe you could say that they should win that game but I also think that Brighton can put up quite the fight so that could end up in a draw as well uh but that's a very exciting thing to be watching right now seeing who's going to end up at the top of the league for Liverpool not only do they have the Premier League and I mean they the- got like the a Drupal going right they got the quadru- quadruple going. They also have uh, to play the Champions League games midweek, uh, and that's going to be against Yeah, uh, If I'm not mistaken, right?
1: Oh, you're getting too ahead of yourself. That's already next next week, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: So, still. I mean, these are the games that are going on for these two uh, teams. I mean, you got Man City against Real Madrid as well. So it's so, very that's the only last thing
1: that i have to say what we're saying is tune in next week but tune in on our next episode uh in a couple days where we review what happened between LFC versus orange county hopefully it's good news uh <laughs> um <laughs> maybe we'll talk a little bit of premierly because i think there's some fixtures tomorrow still right so um, i think so yes yeah so uh there'll probably be a short episode um so tune into the next episode uh Appreciate you guys for listening. Um, I got nothing else to say. So, uh, see have you guys. a wonderful yeah. week, and we'll see you in a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. All right. See you guys later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>